Hello, everyone. Welcome to Measuring the Score podcast, the podcast where we offer our opinions on film scores and the films they're inspired by. I'm Chris. And I'm Leslie. Let's get started. Everybody, welcome to another episode of Measuring the Score. This is episode 15. Now, what's special about 15, Leslie? It's our season finale. Yay! And it's our composer showcase. Today we're going to be talking about Brian Tyler. Yay! <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll talk about the whole season finale <laughs> stuff um, after we talk about Brian Tyler. Uh, but before we even begin, Leslie, have you been listening to anything other than Brian Tyler's work? Yes, I have. I'm shocked right now. Are you speechless? I am. <laughs> so am I. <laughs> I have actually been listening to the Flight of the Navigator score by Alan Silvestri. The old uh, Walt Disney movie. Yes. It was my brother and I's absolute favorite when we were children. We watched that thing over and over and over again. We just love that movie. Uh, so it was Alan Silvestri that did the score? Yes. I did not know he did the score. I didn't either. My brother sent it to me. Oh. <laughs> I guess because he realized we were doing a podcast. Yeah. Um, but no, he sent it to me. And oh, I'm wow, like, okay. oh, yeah, I forgot all about that. So um, I started listening to it, and it brought back memories of watching the, the movie with him. And uh, the amazing thing is, is that, you know, some of the – Music was wonderful, and then they integrated, you know, that 80s uh, synthesized sound, you know, that was real popular. So it was kind of a a mix. Well, Silvestri starting off was more into synthesized work than orchestra. And I can see them choosing him for that, for that film because, you know, the fact that it's got aliens in it. <laughs> aliens. Y'all can't see me right now, but I'm holding my alien hands out. <laughs> Aliens. <laughs> Gotta love the alien hands. I just don't have the hair, guys. I'm sorry. It's not up in the air. <laughs> what is that guy's name? It's, it's something weird. Sergio, Giorgio. <laughs> something so weird. I mean, he, he's Sergio. used in, I wonder if he knows that he's being used as a meme. I, he probably does, and he probably thinks it's hilarious. I would have thought it was hilarious if I'm being used as a meme. Careful what you wish for. It may actually happen. No, no, no. <laughs> I just don't like my picture being taken. <laughs> I'm like a vampire. <laughs> a vampire. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I make myself invisible. <laughs> <laughs> I had to stop and think about it. I was like, wait, a vampire? Yes, because <laughs> you can't see them in mirrors. Gotcha, see, and cameras gotcha. have mirrors. In gotcha, them. gotcha, yeah. Oh, I've been listening to uh, Kings and Creatures. Uh, I first uh, come across them because I was listening to, I was trying to find a lot of trailer music. And that's what their album mainly puts out is a lot of different trailer music. Like position music? Yeah, kind of like position music and everything else. And they've got some very enjoyable tracks and they just put out a new one. And I was just, you know, browsing through listening to it. And it's, it's, pretty cool i like the some of the styles but i've also been listening to the falcon and the winter soldier episode uh this, they put out the rest of the episodes out 
on the you know the score wise. scores yeah so at henry jackman's the rest of the score and i love it it was pretty solid when uh we watched it uh and listened to the music you know as we watched the series on disney we, we may cover that one day maybe we, we might cover sitcoms one day that'd be fun sitcom this mm-hmm. wouldn't this wouldn't be considered a sitcom well, this day and age, it's not like, No, you know, it's just considered a show. Show, a sitcom, sitcom would be like Friends. Well, yeah, but still, it would be in the same category. <laughs> no. Yeah. No. Chips, sitcom. Chips is not a sitcom. Chips is a, Chips is a TV show. Look, my vernacular <laughs> when it comes to music, movies. You got movies and TV shows. That's it. <laughs> That's right. That's all I know. <laughs> Sitcoms. <laughs> Shows, movies, all in the same melting pot. Fine. (laughs) We'll go with that. (laughs) So like I said, today we're going to be talking about Brian Tyler. Now, I I first found out about Brian Tyler from the film Darkness Falls. It was the uh, horror film about the Tooth Fairy. And now, not the actual Tooth Fairy. It was a... The story was it was an older woman who in this one town of Darkness Falls would give the children like, you know, money for their teeth and everything else. But she was horribly burned and everything else. So they called her the Tooth Fairy. What did she use the teeth for? Yeah, that was the creepy part. No one really knew. I don't think that was explained in the movie. That might have been a plot hole. Why would you make a horror movie about a tooth fairy? <laughs> there was there at the time there was two different ones. There was Look, one called the Tooth Fairy, and then there was one called Darkness Falls. I can attest that when you're adults, and if you lose a tooth, that's kind of scary. <laughs> <laughs> if you lose a, t- <laughs> see, see, <laughs> you got a point. You have a point. You have a point right there. So. Yeah, it was it was the Tooth Fairy. I mean, you know, it is what it is. But the score to the to the film was very action oriented, and not really your typical horror score. I mean, it had a lot of horror elements in there, and it had this really wonderful children like bells happening in the background. You know, reminiscent you know of a horror score, and there was a lot of scary moments in the score but it was very action oriented at the time so i was listening to an interview with that brian tyler gave um and he uh, mentioned in there that it was his job to be a student of on all genres he said that in order to be able to be an effective composer you have to be able to take whatever genre that your director may want and put it to the film. So I can see that. I can see the mixture there. Um, also going through this exercise and listening to, uh, you know, the scores that um, that I listen to, he's all over the place. It's He does not specialize in one particular type of genre. Uh, I heard uh, just a, a, a rainbow of genres from him. Yeah, and he really is because... Listening, because what we did, like we do when we, whenever we got a composer showcase, we go to Spotify and we go to to the little playlist that they have. You know, this is Brian Tyler, and there was there was a lot of action moments in there. It started off like I think there was like the Iron Man three, the Thor theme, 
Very uh, epic sounding. Right. And Fast and Furious music. was in there. Fast Five, which was, you know, to me is one of my more favorite themes that he created. And then you got to the score to Five Feet Apart. And I had not listened to the score, and it was like an acoustic guitar with a piano. It was very, you know, soft sounding. It was because it was a dramatic film from very sad film from what I've heard. And it was very different from him. I I had never heard that style from him. I'm used to the Fast and Furious Brian Tyler, not the I'm fixing <laughs> to cry Brian Tyler. Well, you know, Brian Tyler is a lover of music. You can tell. Um, you know, when we started the exercise, I did not know that he did video games. He's done movies. And I think you wrote down that he is a He's a DJ. DJ. He DJs under the name Mad Sonic. Now, I found this out on my own. I, I didn't listen to like an interview or anything like that. There was a track, uh, I think it was off the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles remake, the Michael Bay produced one. And it was uh, shell-shocked. And it was Wiz Khalifa, uh, Ty Dollar Sign, and then it was Mad Sonic and Kill the Noise. And I'm going, who is Mad Sonic? And I'm like, so I saw a music video, and it there's Brian Tyler, because... Brian Tyler's theme was in there. I was like, oh, okay, he must have contributed. Then there was another film come out, and there was Mad Sonic in there. And I'm like, who is this Mad Sonic guy? Who Who is this? What's, you know? So I started looking it up, and then there it is, Brian Tyler. I'm like, why have they got Brian Tyler's face on there? And then I was like, oh, wait, he's a DJ. <laughs> he's a DJ. <laughs> and I'm going, wait, what? Then that's where I started finding videos of him, like, out in the crowd, you know, DJing and everything else. He loves being able to perform music for people. That's how he got through college was performing music. Uh, he did all sorts of types of, uh, you know, music in order to get through college. Um, he likes taking his music score sometimes on the road. He loves conducting, you know, in front of a live orchestra uh, so you can hear his music. He really loves music, period. You can tell just by listening to some, you know, just the, the selection that we listen to. You can tell he loves listening to music. But uh, he was born... Uh, on uh, May 8th, 1972, in Orange County, California. He got a, his degree at UCLA, and then he got his master's from Harvard. He did not go to school for music. He went to school for history and philosophy. Wow. Yeah, he wrote, said, it, you know, what interests him, uh, free will and things like that, you know, that are typical philosophy topics. And to this day, those things kind of still interest him. So. But music has always been his first passion. He started um, playing around with music when he was about four or five years old. Uh, it was with the piano and the drums. And it's because of his grandparents and his father he got interested in music and pulled into kind of like the film realm of things. Um, he can play 30 types of musical instruments. Right. Yeah, I wrote that down too. And that's, <laughs> that's amazing. He, 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 learned, he learned how to play them himself. He taught himself of, how to play it. Well, I love collecting instruments, so I can see that. I got some in there that I need to learn how to play. I have a banjo, and I have a clarinet. <laughs> I play the oboe, I play the flute, and I play the saxophone. So, you know, I've got a violin in there I need to learn how to play. I can play the computer mouse. Chris plays the clicky, clicky button. <laughs> click, click, click. Oh, that's a sound. Click, click. I think that's it. <laughs> Listen to this melody. Click, 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 click. Click, click. <laughs> But anyway, some of the musical instruments. That we he are dorks. 
<laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> Some of the musical instruments that he can play consist of the drums, the piano, the guitar. The piano was his first instrument that he could play, and then the drums. Um, the bass, the cello, the world percussion instrument, uh, synthesizers. He loves synthesized music. Um, charango and the bozuki. Bo- I I, I've, I've never it. heard of this. It was a um, boy bazooki. I think bazooki is probably a, the correct term or pronunciation of that. I'd never heard of it. I had to look it up, and apparently, it was like a Greek instrument. I know it, it's it's one of my. I love that. I love that sound. So. I, yeah, I I love the sound too. I didn't know what it was, so now I know. Maybe I can find some stuff it's now. Amazing. Not only does he score, you know, a lot of feature films, he scores uh, a lot of TV shows as well. That was one of the ways he got noticed because a lot of his music from the TV miniseries Children of the Dune got noticed and was even used in the Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of Crystal Skull trailer. So that really got him noticed, which also got him the job of Eagle Eye because Spielberg heard that trailer music and was like, hey, who's that guy? So hired him on for Eagle Eye. I thought that was wonderful. Now, the video games he has scored started off, I mean, he scored Far Cry 3, Need for Speed, The Run, which is one of my favorite scores by him as far as, you know, video game. But my absolute favorite, and became one of yours, Assassin's Creed 4, Black Flag. I love that. That is my favorite score by Brian Tyler of all time. When I first heard this, I was working on a film called Ether. It was a short film uh, pilot project. They were trying to get it off the ground. They were trying to turn it either into a TV series or a feature film. And I worked as a background extra on the on the project and then i also scored the nine minute behind the scenes documentary and the temp music was assassin's creed 4 and i'm going wow this music's great who is this and they were like brian tyler i'm like what no this is not fast and furious you know again i i hate the stereotype chris (laughs) jeez i hate the stereotyping but i mean that's that's what he was you put him in a box (laughs) i did i did you shouldn't have done that (laughs) i'm a terrible person let him out of that box (laughs) <laughs> he needs to breathe. But no, I was used to that action epic score, not this gypsy sounding, you know, old timey music that I was hearing. So he said that when he sits down with the project, he comes up with the central theme first. And then he worked the score around the central theme. Typically, he likes to pick it off at the piano. But I saw some pictures of his amazing studio. It looked wonderful. Yeah, and it made me sick. He oh, has I everything wired <laughs> such that you know he could go from instrument to instrument as he as he wished, and turn the you know turn the button on so to speak and play whatever instrument he needed to. So like for the Fast and Furious, for example, that you mentioned, um, he used the drums first. Yeah, and that's actually him playing the drums. Well, he likes to play. So some of the instances that you might hear a guitar and orchestra or whatnot, that might be him playing because that's what he does. But I can see him doing that for uh, the Assassin's Creed. Yeah. I can see him sitting down, you know, working out what the theme would be and then adding the music around it and build from that. He always said that, and I've heard it twice from several interviews that he did, uh, that... He has never 
just completed a project. He says it could go on forever. He said it just comes to completion in that session. And he said, okay, this is this version of this project. He says, you know, if he was working on an album, he said it could be a 40-year-long album. He would, he would never complete it. Right. Because he just loves it. That stream of consciousness, I guess, from him just continues on and on and on. So um, he's very insightful when he does his music, and he's very meticulous. Uh, he did make mention of looking at camera angles, uh, lighting. He uses all of that to influence his style of music. Uh, now, he, he's done all this here. He's not only you know, a composer, he's also produced some as well. He produced the film Skyline. And he didn't score that film, but there was another one called uh, Columbus Circle. He was a co-executive producer on, which starred Kevin Pollack. Apparently, him and Pollack are friends because Pollack had a podcast, and Brian Tyler, of course, uh, created a theme for that. So I thought it was kind of cool. Now, he scored a lot of Marvel projects. He started off with Iron Man 3, which had the wonderful 70s, Oh, yes, I love that. That's the that other, that's my favorite movie piece that he's done, I think. Yeah, it was the end credits theme for the film, and he he really just completely embraced this whole 70s vibe and 70s brought, in, funk. Brought, brought in his theme that he created into the 70s funk. I thought it was great what he did. And that was one of the tracks that popped up on the you know Spotify playlist. So he went from Iron Man 3 to Thor 2, you know, the Thor, the Dark World. Then he scored the Marvel one-shot, which was about uh, the uh, villain from Iron Man 3. And then he scored the the Marvel logo, because the Marvel logo at that point had no theme. I mean, it was just the flipping of the comic book pages, and that was it. And then he went on to score the Avengers Age of Ultron with Danny Elfman. Now, it was originally going to be just Brian Tyler by himself, but unfortunately... The death of Paul Walker caused Furious 7 to be delayed. So when that happened, it conflicted with Avengers 2, which Marvel wasn't really from, I'm hearing from various different sources. I, I don't know what is true. I mean, so if somebody actually knows, please you know, contact us, let us know. But from what I'm hearing is Marvel, Marvel didn't really take, like, take too kindly to this because Brian Tyler was a, like their go-to composer there for a while. And, but when he had to break contract and work on Furious 7 as well as Age of Ultron, and they had to bring in Danny Elfman, they, they weren't too happy about that. Well, it kind of makes sense, though. You've got a few directors that you are their go-to composer. Right. And they get kind of upset when you're kind of out of pocket. <laughs> yes. They do. It, so it I can I can see that, especially if you know they're, they're filming a, a movie and they have a particular composer in mind, and they have a particular sound, um, I can see them kind of getting irritated because then they have to rework that, bring in somebody new, bring them up to speed, which takes time that they may not have. So, right. So understandable. That, it wasn't too long after that. That's when they got the Marvel logo rescored by Michael Giacchino, which, I mean, I, I like both of the themes. I liked Brian Tyler's version of the Marvel logo. I never paid attention that Marvel has two different themes. Yep, they do. <laughs> I fail. <laughs> well, the only problem <laughs> the only problem I saw with Brian Tyler's Marvel logo, it sounded a little too much like um, the the drawn out Iron Man three theme, three theme, and also the Thor two theme. It was like a mixture of both of those themes, and it you know, that's what he created. It sounded fantastic, but 
it was just it kind of melded together too much with all that there. So I I I think it was kind of a good choice to rescore it. But again, you know, if they had just stuck with Brian Tyler's Marvel logo, it would have been great. I would I would have enjoyed it. I'm not saying it was bad or anything. Now we keep talking about Fast and the Furious. Oh, you do. Well, I haven't mentioned it. Yes, you did. You mentioned it just a few minutes ago. Because you mentioned it <laughs> at least seventy billion times. Yeah, you know why? Because he has scored six Fast and Furious films. Six of them. He started off with Tokyo Drift, then Fast and Furious, Fast Five, Furious Seven, The Fate of the Furious, and the upcoming F9. I think that's the name of the I'm new so one. I'm so glad you said that from memory. I'm so proud of you. You didn't even look down <laughs> at the paper or anything. Didn't have to. Uh, <laughs> now, Fast and Furious Six was scored by Lucas uh, Vidal, but they used Brian Tyler's themes in there. So... He still he was still involved in the film, no matter what. He was busy working on another project at the time. It may have been Expendables three or something, something like that. Because not only did he score Fast and Furious, he also scored every film in the Expendables franchise. And you know, this is the amazing thing. He does all this work, and yet he still DJs on the side, right? And he still enjoys teaching, and he still enjoys you know playing his instruments right. or conducting. And he's just he's really multi talented. Yeah, and it's amazing how talented he is. And he's this is his quote that that I took from one of the interviews. He says, "Your best work is only best work when it works for the film." Wow, that that's an awesome quote. And if you think about the quote and think about the movies that you just listed, especially the Marvel movies, it makes plenty sense. It really does. And you can tell that he felt like that was his best work because it worked best for the film. Now, he's also scored, uh, like I said before, he's also scored a lot of TV shows, which he won a primetime Emmy for his work on Sleepy Hollow for Outstanding Theme. He did Sleepy Hollow? He worked the, on it with another composer. Uh, I think the other composer was more heavily involved than Brian Tyler was, but yes, he, he did score the Sleepy Hollow I show. I love the Sleepy Hollow show. I really did. And then it started going in a weird direction. That was the third season. Oh, and man. then when they Woo. cut it off, I'm like, why? This was a good show. Why did they change it for starters? And then they just cut it off. And I'm like, yeah, I was kind of sad. I, I don't know. That, but that I show... didn't like the direction it was going in. So, you know, at the same time, I was kind of conflicted. I'm like, <laughs> I'm sad. But yet, I'm glad that they didn't continue to go in yeah. this direction. Well, he also scored the Hawaii Five-0 uh, re- remake show. I haven't seen that one. It was okay. It was all right. They also scored Scorpion. I like Scorpion. Scorpion wasn't bad. It was it was a pretty fun, fun adventure show. Yeah, really I like was. Scorpion. Now he also did that, but he also scored the new theme for um, Formula One racing for the for the show when they have the live events and stuff. Oh, okay. And he also scored rescored the Universal logo. He took Jerry Goldsmith's theme and just basically revamped it, added a lot of drums some choir you know fantastic you know building of what he did now we mentioned you know that he did uh, darkness falls and that was kind of horror another horror franchise that he's also a part of is final destination uh they final destination one two and three were scored by shirley walker Ooh, if fan- See, i didn't know that because i've never seen I think I've only watched one Final Destination movie. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, we're going to And it wasn't one. the first one. 
<laughs> I know it had a roller coaster in it. Uh, that was the third one. Yeah, so that's yeah. the only one I've seen. That was the last one that Shirley, Shirley Walker scored, and she created this wonderful theme for the franchise. I With the second film, I'm not really too sure if she brought that theme back. I think she kind of, from what I remember, she kind of created a new theme for that one, but brought the theme back again for the third film. So when The Final Destination was filming, it was supposed to be the last Final Destination film. And they actually filmed it here, part of it here in Mobile. Did you know that? No, I thought they filmed one in New Orleans at that old uh, they did, park. They filmed the majority of uh, the, the uh, Final Destination, the Final Destination 4. They filmed the majority of it in New Orleans, but they filmed the racetrack sequence here in Mobile. Racetrack sequence? Mm-hmm. Where that, at? I cannot remember the name of the place. Uh, it's The only racetrack that I know of is in Atmore. I think it was that one. That's not Mobile. It's close enough. I mean. <laughs> I like, see, so I used to go to the Atmore racetrack. I like that. I used to have the lawnmower races. and. I think it was, it, 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 is that the only racetrack around here? No, there, might, there was one in Irvington, I think. No, I think it might be the one in Irvington. Yeah. Not Atmore. That's, uh, not the, that's about maybe 20 minutes from here, 25 minutes yeah, south I, of here. So, see, it's close enough. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but they were they were filming it here and i was trying so hard to get on that film i i really was because i was like man maybe if i can get on there maybe i can talk to him about being the composer and everything else it was a you know long shot but i was like i i, I was determined i could you were do determined this. still did not get on i that love film. you <laughs> i did not i i but went. you were on the indianapolis when it was here yeah and it I made you I, shave your head exactly <laughs> But that was years, years later. But you're still in the film. They can see you, your beautiful face. Oh, Lord have mercy. <laughs> Anyways, so when I found we'll out that- I'll have to tell that story one day, guys. Well, yeah, one day. Uh, so when I found out Brian Tyler was scoring Final Destination 4, I was really excited, but then I, I was kind of worried that he was not going to use Shirley Walker's theme. When the film came out, he did. I think that for any composer that- put into a movie or a movie series that another composer's already established a theme for, if they don't incorporate that other composer's theme or some of their work in their score, I think it's it's um, not wise. I, I think it's an unwise choice. Well, the what he did, because Walker's theme was all orchestral, but the opening track is this huge rock heavy metal theme but it's still the final destination theme in there and i thought it was wonderful how he did it now when final destination 5 came out brian tyler came back but he opens the film up with his own theme it's kind of like a weird rendition of the final destination theme but it worked it was still in the same style still had the creepiness and everything else and then there's a moment in the film where he brought the original final destination theme back I thought it was wonderful because the way he did it, I don't want to spoil it if you guys haven't seen it because there's a big twist in the film. It's a twist. It, <laughs> it really is. It's a big twist in the film. And I, I really don't want to spoil it because it, it was one of those twists in the film. I was just like, what? Well, you know, uh, anytime you listen, sit down and listen to his music, you hear these little elements. You hear sometimes synth. You hear sometimes John William-esque type of sound which, which was very prominent in the avengers age of ultra well seeing john williams he looked up to he loved john williams's uh, music 
but he also liked the synthesized music at the time. But he also likes rock music. So any of these little elements you hear and you may hear snippets of in his compositions, it's because he likes that and he likes that sound. And it, it, may, it makes him who he is. So um, he sometimes pulls from that and pulls from his likes to make these scores. And right. it's evident when you start listening to them. He also seems just like seems like a very fun person. I mean, from all the interviews, because there was an interview with Score the Podcast, which he he was a part of the Score documentary, and the Score the Podcast came from that documentary. He was talking on there about video game scores when he was first really approached to score a video game. They were wanting him to uh, stay at one note. If he started with a you know an E, that he he had to stay in that key and end with that note and he's like oh, no I'm, I'm not gonna do that. that's bizarre he's like i can't do that no he's an if his so, music tells a story you can't right. just stay in the same key well, and, granted i mean and that's what he's talking about he's like uh you know put me in that situation and he, he just really he really couldn't do it i thought that was very interesting and it's always it's always stuck with me a little bit because i was trying to think of if I was put into that situation, how would I react? I'd probably be the same way that he did. That's like, not no, how I'm, I write. I can't do that. Yeah, you know, I have to walk away. And I, I kind of respected him a little bit more for that. I, you know, and it, it, I've been asked to, especially in my musical career, to, uh, oh, yeah, just, you know, add some flourishes here or do this. Right. I am a scientist. I'm a very methodical thinker. And because of that, sometimes I fight with the creative side of myself. Because I do do methodical stuff. I do mathematics. You know, I, I, I do the science. So for me to create something on the fly like that, I can't. I have to look at the sheet music. I, it's just how I am. And so I can see how difficult that would be for somebody that is a creator and creates and is used to going all over the place, coloring outside of the box right. to, to make the box more brilliant. And then all of a sudden you can find them to, you know, okay, this is only going to be in the key of E. You only can do this, let's say, in four measures yeah. and use these notes. That would drive me nuts. That would drive me insane. Especially the creative side of me. I'd be like, no, I can't yeah, do it. I'd... So I understand. I, I wouldn't fully. be able to do it. I would not be able to do it at all. And like I said, I respect him a little bit more because of that. I I talked to Brian Tyler one time years, years, years ago on Facebook. I sent him a message, just told him how big of a fan I was of his and told him that, you know, a lot of his inspirations have, you know, maybe want to become a composer, which I am now. And, you know, I just wanted to thank him for that. And he, he said he was very touched by that and he said you know as a composer you know yourself we are very uh underutilized and under yeah and you know you mentioned that and or i've noticed just by uh reading the interviews and listening to the interviews and and reading the information about him he is very adamant on uh bringing to light what the composer does for movies right and bringing to light the importance of the score very much so of like what we're doing here uh he really wants to educate the public on how film scores work and how how they integrate with the film and that's why we're here with this podcast we want to do the same thing we want to educate y'all on the importance of music in the movie in the the uh 
the importance of how it is utilized or how it's not utilized because the absence of a score is just as important as the presence of the score. And, you know, that's why we are sitting down to this day talking about it. And Chris and I have have this love for music and this love for movies and, and compositions. And, uh, you know, Brian Tyler, we've noticed, shares the same love. So, guys, this is what I'm going to say. If you have not listened to any of Brian Tyler's work, please, you know, go do that now. Uh, I mean, I cannot stress enough how wonderful and energetic his film scores are. Not just his film scores, his video game scores, his TV scores. They're all fun. You're going to get some kind of enjoyment out of them. Listen to Assassin's Creed. <laughs> definitely check Black out. Black Flag. Yeah, definitely check out <laughs> Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag score. I That one. Especially if you like um, old uh, pirate music. Pirate music that's not Hans Zimmer. <laughs> that's not Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, yeah. Pirates <laughs> music that is not Hans Zimmer. Which, nothing wrong with Pirates of the Caribbean. I love that score. But that that score kind of took over as far as when it came to pirates for everybody else. But yeah, definitely check out a lot of Brian Tyler's scores and everything else if you haven't already. So as I said before, this is our season finale. This is Yay. episode 15. Yay! I think I got something for that. Yay! You hit the right button. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. On the fly, too. Oh, Yay! No. All right. So, like I said, uh, this is our season finale. Uh, we originally planned just for 15 episodes, and we, we've we been releasing them one every two weeks. Uh, we started back in, what, February, and, you know, we've come this far. So, we kind of hit, like, a conundrum there for a moment. We were trying to figure out how we're going to close up the year because where we ended. So, this is what we decided. This may be our season finale, but we will have three more bonus episodes for you guys. What's that? Not one, but two, but three bonus episodes? (laughs) We must be crazy. (laughs) Insanity. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) You went full Ghostbusters there. (laughs) Hold on, Pete. (laughs) What's that? (laughs) Yes, we're going to have three more bonus episodes for you guys. Uh, It'll just be one a month. Now, we have one in October. That one will be Halloween 1978 versus, I think it's 78. If I said that date wrong, I apologize. And if you said that date wrong, I am disappointed. Exactly. Because that's, that's your what, favorite movie. That's, that's what got me started with film composing. Anyway, Halloween 1978 versus Halloween 2018. Reason why. This is our first versus episode, too. Reason why we're doing that is because both films were scored by John Carpenter. And such a huge gap. I want to see if the score... How how much has changed over the years? And how has his music evolved? Because right. your sound evolves over time, especially if you are a creator. Plus, he also scored 2018 with his son. So that's kind of an inter- interesting contrast right there. Then, November, we have Planes, Trains, and Automobiles and Dutch, which Dutch was scored by Alan Silvestri. I like Dutch. That's such a funny movie. It is a hilarious movie. And for December, we're going to wrap it all up with The Nightmare Before Christmas by Danny Elfman. That is going to be fun. Because that's wait. your favorite. No, it's your favorite, too. Don't try to lie. <laughs> you know you like This is Halloween. You know you do. <laughs> <laughs> 
So as we wrap up this season, guys, I just want to give like a personal note to this entire podcast community. I seriously, guys, all of you have been amazing. All of you have always supported us, been there for us, especially the Twitter community. I mean, you guys are amazing. And just the listeners in general, thank you all so much for listening to us and engaging with us and, you know, giving us your honest feedback. I mean, it really does mean a lot. So all the ratings on Apple, the comments on YouTube, the personal thank yous on Twitter and the Facebook. suggestions that we have for season two for our uh, episode. Yes. And season two is going to be uh, hopefully a bigger season because we're going to be introducing guests. Uh, a, a lot of people from the Twitter community that we've recently come in contact with uh, because we're we're starting to become guests on a lot of their shows. So we're going to kind of do the favor of bringing them on to talk movie scores with us. And just, you know, just you guys, like I said, the listeners in general, thank you all so much for enjoying what we're doing. Enjoying, you know, this journey that we've taken. Did not think we would come this far, but yeah, this has been great. So for measuring the score, I'm Chris. And I'm Leslie. Have a good one. <laughs>